Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we talk about all the awesome sauce of the week. Well, not just the week, just what's in our minds. I am Charles McFall, and riding over here, somewhere on the screen, drinking heavily, Philip Keating. Sorry, we're running 14 minutes late, so I'm on my second whiskey now. <laughs> well, it's we are, great to be here. We are. Thanks for calling it out, asshole. Yep. yep um, you're welcome. Chris Wisdom, you're much bigger today. How you doing? I'm How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Lean back. Right. Show everybody. I'm sure Kim wishes may the... closer than they are. <laughs> <laughs> and... Listen to that lovely voice. Paul Klotz coming in tonight. Oh, hello. Oh. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. 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 And then, you know, we figured they've been in botched coattails long enough. They might as well be on Breaking the Panels <laughs> coattails. Anthony Reed of Adventure hey, something Pennywise. Adventure Pennywise <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, adventure Incorporated podcast. Oh. That's, that's... Corporate adventures. Corporate event. That, Tom Nook. That's right. That's the, that's the one about Tom Nook and how much you support him. That's right. We okay. are uh, big supporters of Tom Nook over there. We uh, we just think that it's nice for someone to provide uh, land and opportunity. Mute him. Mute him. <laughs> and, and it is the land of opportunity, greatest. isn't it? <laughs> so as we have started to do and i really did enjoy it uh we're breaking these down into 30 minute shows each week to go out thursday friday monday and tuesday and i'm hoping you're enjoying that format because we sure are it's keeping it fun and riding along and tonight we're going to start off with phil's topic of what are your favorite tv comedies and why so philip go ahead and um, so well here's up. the thing right right now in this world it's kind of you know we're in bizarro land so i normally deal with stress and awkward situations and all that with with comedy you know when my father passed away i was on the show the next day making dead dad jokes because that's how i deal with stress trauma and all that i just i slip into comedy mode and kind of just slip away and everything else kind of slips away with it so in this time i really want to pick all of your brains on what are your favorite comedies of all time on television and what makes them so special to you what is it about those shows that have pulled you in not only for the first viewing but you know you could always go back to these viewings and still get the same enjoyment mm. off of it now i'm talking not only television but like animated tv or dramatic comedies or or all that shit really because in the end of the day it's all under the umbrella of comedy right yeah so i'll i'll, I'll start the ball rolling with I don't think there's any better television on the comedy sense than the first three seasons of Arrested Development. Those wow. first three seasons were so well written. The, the, the ensemble cast played off each other so well. They would set up bits that wouldn't play off for an entire two seasons, or they made jokes in episode one that they're still making, you know, to the final episode in season three, where the season, the series end. Uh, there's no, there's no other seasons past that, mm -hmm. but, but the writing, that's what I always came back to the, the, the beautiful, you know, the, 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 the confident idiot of Job, right? <laughs> the confident idiot is one of my favorite comedic tropes in, in anything really and and will arnett played it so well right it was written well he just you know what kind of douche he is when he rolls up in a segue right away mm -hmm. grabs his free double stick double dipped banana from the, from the <laughs> banana stand and then rolls out of there as he throws a dead 
uh, dove into the sea. So what, what are some of your favorite comedies throughout the years that have really helped you maybe in tough times, but, but also as a, as a relaxing, Hey, I, I know I can always get under this blanket and feel good about what's going on. Uh, I'd like to jump in if that's cool. Sure. Uh, mine actually are Brit comedies. Uh, they're, they're my thing. Uh, Red Dwarf was a sci-fi comedy and I discovered it, uh, late nineties, I guess when it was on PBS here in the States. And mm-hmm. it'd come on at the same time as Saturday Night Live. And I I started flipping back and forth between Saturday Night Live because that was the era of Adam Sandler and, and uh, Chris Farley, which is my crew. And I'd just find where I'd, I'd watch more of Red Dwarf because the openings of Saturday Night Live to me are a little bit, it kind of builds as the show goes, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'd watch that first 30 minutes of Red Dwarf, which is a, just an off-the-wall sci-fi comedy. And it is very British. Um and then, it, 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 as it shows you, it went off the air for a while. And then in the late to mid, mid to late 2000s, I was having kind of a, like you were talking about, Phil, just a tough time and TV wasn't good. And it wanted an escape. And they did a couple of specials and another season. And, and it came back at the right time. So it's been really, really good uh, for me is, is that one. And then a newer one uh, from Brit TV that you can find on Hulu that was fan fantastic i don't know why she's not getting her own sitcom more often it's just called miranda and i don't know it uh it's the actress um it's miranda i cannot think of her last name but she's in i mean she's you would recognize her she's in a lot of movies from you know in period pieces and but she is hilarious as uh as an actress and even uh, emma emma's the newest one she's in that the movie just came out home you know home premiere and she even there plays a serious comedic relief kind of person but that the miranda season went four three or four seasons and the guy who played the love interest ended up coming and playing lucifer for sure. that whole series that's, so that's mm, mine dope. i still so, so i grew up on brit tv because every so often on pbs are you being served would come on right yeah <laughs> on, on our old black and white television in the early 90s late 80s and i love the hell out of that show and as i've progressed through the years brit television and brit comedy has really been like a building block in, in me and my comedy stylings but when it comes to the brits i kind of like the more obscure i like the off the wall of not not only python but like the mighty boosh the insanity mm-hmm. that is the boosh or or you know that whole collective that works inside that that alt british comedy group you know toast of london is great with matt berry or the it crowd yes. like yes. the it crowd is incredible yeah yeah and IT all, crowd's great. all of those dudes are friends and they all guest on each other's shows so oh man i i'm always up for a british comedy that i have never heard of so i'll have to check some of those out charles anthony what about you man um, yeah, so I'll jump on real quick on some of the British stuff. Like I know when I was growing up, uh, PBS was always showing uh, Mr. Bean. Which yes, was always yep. super fun yes. to watch. Um, and I have like memories of ones that are like my absolute favorite. And my son is now at an age where I can start watching them with him, and they're like enough slapstick and no words that he like is fi- also finding it hilarious, which is great. Um, I think for me, if I had a, like a list of my top three. Uh, TV comedies, it would be uh, 30 Rock, which I think, like Arrested Development, had just uh, amazing writing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there, It was just smart, it was quick, and they did really fun stuff with the characters and fun stuff with the format. And it was people who clearly knew TV, writing TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Community, which I think mm-hmm. uh, is hilarious show they did uh, great stuff with. 
And I think uh, Good Place is a more yeah. example of an awesome show that they was hilarious. And my favorite thing about that show is that every season is just completely different. Like they just throw out everything uh, that was their structure and try something completely different with the structure. And I think that's really fun. And everybody has always told me, hey, I know you. And I'm like, you don't. They're like, no, I do. And you need to watch The Good Place. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't get to it. But now that you're literally the 20th or 21st person to tell me that, <laughs> I'm, I'm still not going to watch it. But but I'm, I'm appreciative <laughs> that it's there. 30 Rock? 30 Rock is incredible, right? Because you, you, yeah. you have Tina Fey writing for a show about a show she was the head writer on, right? Yes. You have you have that meta comedy, but it's so well written, right? To to this day, I will still scream out Dr. Spaceman whenever yes. I can, right? It's Dr. Spaceman. It's it's so wonderful in community, man. Tom Har uh, Dan Herman is one of my favorite writers of all time. Yeah. And and the love that he poured into it and and once again, you know, both of these comedies that we're talking about, your 30 Rock, your your community, and even bringing back Arrested Development, these are all these ensemble casts that just, they catch this lightning, they catch this fire. You can tell that they're having fun on set as they're doing it, right? And that really bleeds through to, to the show. And that's why think Parks and Recreation mm -hmm. is, is, is one of my top ones because they had such a good time. They have such a good ensemble of cast. They have weirdos. They have, you know, their writers would come in and play bit parts. The fucking Patton would come on and, and do his rants at City Hall. And, and that's where those, those town hall meetings are where you would get to see your favorite, you know, stand-ups or, or, or comedy writers come in and get to play these small bit roles. But they're the ones that stand out the most to me. And I, I think the, the big thing that sets these apart, 30 Rock, Community, Arrested Development, uh, Parks and Rec, The Office, they, like, if you look at what was happening at the time, these were the shows that all of the best writers were coalescing around. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and these were the ones that were for those, like, comedians. Like, 30 Rock had abysmal uh, viewing numbers almost its entire run. Yeah, but, but it the had, writing was, it was phenomenal. just critically acclaimed. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. The, the writing was so good that it just kept like NBC just kept bringing it back because it was it had an audience that was specifically for it and it was mostly entertainment people. <laughs> uh -huh. So the the two that I've got uh, we kind of Phil you just touched on it Parks and Rec, but I want to point out Parks and Rec and The Office both have the same problem and that is the first season is their weakest hands down mm -hmm. parks and Re it's parks and rec is such a hard show to get people to check out because I'm, i always have to tell them like the first season's rough but the second season just hits its stride and from the second season on it's great right until the end and the office the first season was rough because it was trying so hard to emulate the british version with ricky gervais yeah and then they were like you know what we don't have to do that we can we could take this concept and spiral it out from here and do our own thing and when they open that up and let you know, the creativity of these actors and the writing staff really start to just flourish and do some really off the wall stuff and play to their strengths. That's when The Office got really great. And same thing with Parks and Rec. So those were, I, I can't watch The Office very often anymore because the cringe humor still makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. But it was great at the time. And it was also a show, like you were saying, Anthony, a show that had phenomenal writers phenomenal actors and they were people who really cared about what they were doing so they were 
pouring themselves into it and you know that they had a lot of dead takes just like where they tried improv <laughs> and stuff to just see what would come out and so then let me ask you real quick so do you just have cringe uh cringe humor problems in that show or is that across the board for everything oh. so like so how do you deal with like curb your enthusiasm or curb it's your always... enthusiasm is like the office multiplied by 10 okay because I... I i know a bunch of people that like curb and it's always sunny i can't do it because i feel yeah. it's awkward sunny. watching and I love it. I like. I feed into it. So, and I think I think that's kind of a problem with where we are right now. Like, there's there's a way to empathize and say, hey, there's not a place in in general media for for this type of humor, right? But if it punches with you and you find it funny, like you shouldn't feel ashamed mm. that you're laughing at something. Like you know, it's it struck a chord with you. It did oh, what it's... art's supposed to do, yeah. and 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 you know, and it elicited a response. And I don't think there's any problem with it. Like I love The Office. I definitely, I I, I will never not laugh at It's Always Sunny. I don't laugh at Rick and Morty because I just don't get it. I got to try it again. That's what I'm told. Um, but don't you uh, have a pot prescription now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, that helps. You know, Rick and Morty is a show that is at times brilliant. Like it's it's absolute genius sometimes and other times i'm with you chris it's like i don't get it like i've watched the first couple of, i think three seasons of it and i was like there are some great episodes and the mm -hmm. rest of it was kind of nah. mm -hmm. uh well the issue saying, with, the issue with them and rick and morty is mm -hmm. is not only their comedy for 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 some people i you know i i enjoy most of it but the issue with rick and morty is their goddamn community is just <laughs> awful yeah like they are 4chan but louder wow the rick chan i guess it's, it's so terrible so they're um, they're adventure incorporated patrons oh. <laughs> uh, you're from the chat room uh, earlier uh delphine raven says the muppet show the original as you grow with it the jokes just get funnier as you get more of what they're talking about that's a very adult comedy show that kids could watch and i loved it. i own the whole thing on, on dvd across the board um, and then I want to take it back, you know, to, to my childhood as well with that. I grew up with the Muppet show in the mornings with my dad watching it and, and, or he'd watch it at night and then we watch reruns or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up on, uh, uh, who's the boss. And then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fucking, I hated it because everybody says it to me all the time, but Charles in charge, you grew oh, up with those Charles things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck um, Jink at the stream, right? Charles. <laughs> <in charge. laughs> uh, but then, you know, you move into the 90s, you, we had, uh, 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 the Steve Urkel show, which is a real, not the real name, but everybody Family knows. Family matters. Thank you. Family matters. Uh, controversial because of today's issues but the cosby show cosby. loved cosby. it yeah. every second it, of it, it you it's, know? it's one of the shows that my family sat down and watched together right mm -hmm. we're yeah. philly mm -hmm. kids my father mm -hmm. went to temple you know bill cosby was a family man back then and and we really you know we had this weird connection with the huxtables and we would sit down and watch that every night and it, it's something that will always stay with me is is that memory of the four of us just sitting down and, and watching the Cosby show together. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, what you got? So, so because we've talked about some others, I'll, I'll just leave them off. But I mean, like I would reiterate all the things that you guys said, I think for British stuff for me, like you guys have named a lot of them, but I think two that stand out for me are extras and plebs. 
Okay. Um, extras is good. Extras is so good. Um, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of, of of Ricky's version of The Office, that original version of The Office. I yeah, love it. So crazy. Um, but uh, the uh, extras is just so yeah. just dialed in perfect. Um, then uh, as far as just perennial favorites of mine, I welcome back Cotter. Yes. Every I I, I I tell you I cannot explain it. It's it's so formulaic. It shouldn't be as as much of a favorite of mine as it is, but it is. No, I didn't know Chris uh, was so old. No, he's <laughs> eighty year old uh, man. I, uh, Scrubs yep, and then um Scrubs. and then and then yeah. to get into the animated side, uh, it's gonna be Venture Brothers is probably my top Thank favorite. You. Okay. I never really saw that. <laughs> Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. So I was, I was trying to hold off on, on animated just for a bit, but the Venture Brothers is... Oh boy, okay. So Futurama is my favorite. Venture Brothers is the best animated show of all time because it's the most smart, well-written show that really shouldn't be as smart as it is. And the great thing about the Venture Brothers is Adult Swim lets Doc Hammer take as much time as he wants, Uh right? They say, you know, if he was on a network or on a streaming service, he would have deadlines and all this that he would push out something, but it wouldn't be as tailored as every fucking season is of the Venture Brothers. And I'm so happy and blessed that they're just like, we know you're going to create a beautiful, funny, but intellectual, intellectual, but also challenging show. And you take as much time as you need. If it's three years, great. If it's five, fine. It doesn't matter because that's how much faith they have in him. And he delivers every season. Uh-huh. Man, it's so good. I have to uh, like give that uh, a shot because I've watched a, sp- a smattering of episodes, but I've never like devoted time to so, the series. If, if you want, if you want like just an early episode that will sell you on this series, it's got to be the garage, the yard sale episode. The yard sale, episode. The yard sale episode will sell you on the entire premise, the series. There's no better. Uh, welcome to Hankco, son. <laughs> but but here's the, the thing, Anthony is it's it's a it's an ongoing story. Even from episode one to where they're at now, mm-hmm. it's it's a linear storyline. So like it's hard to pick out a couple episodes here and there. But as long as you understand that the overall theme of the Venture Brothers is failure and how to overcome expectations of your lineage, it's mm-hmm. it's it really is a wonderful show. And God, I just I cannot I can't. It's an ongoing so good, story man. is my jam. That's what I well, need. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're, what, seven years into your show? And you still <laughs> well, and it's, and it's, it's weird, too, because it actually speaks to both of your shows, because while it isn't a linear story for most, there are there is an element of people that are, you know, there's sheets that are re-rolled constantly. Yeah. Now, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to mention that one, and you're going to mention uh, uh, um, Rick and Morty, you got to throw Archer in. Archer uh, is top-notch. Adult I think comedy, tongue and cheek. Eventually, but yeah, no, I haven't no, seen the no, newest you, season. The, the first four seasons of Archer are are wonderful and still yeah. quotable because that's yeah. how we get ants. Like, I still yeah. throw phrasing <laughs> out all the time. Yeah. yeah, and like even with our friend of the network, the show and us, Jenna Garrett, I'll hit her with Alana. I'll just hit her with a Jenna, Jenna, yeah. Jenna.
She's like, Jesus Christ, what? And I'll be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, I, I think that what what we what we should recognize, I mean, aside from the pedigree of like Tina's shows and the, the ones on NBC, because that writing staff, they came up together, they know together, they're friends. A lot of these, a lot of influences from these older comedies. And when we're talking like the cartoons and things like where would we be there if it weren't for tiny tunes, animaniacs, you know, smart yeah. comedies. I mean, cause I, I hesitate to put those in the comedy realm, even though that's what they were. Like yeah. I have no doubt that I could have watched that back in the day as an adult, the same way, uh, you know, Disney movies, Disney movies have to play to a general audience. So there have to be those jokes that are going to hit for adults. And there's going to be the jokes that hit, hit for, for, for children as well, you know, to keep, keep everybody engaged. But those shows were so good at it from a, from a, you know, a purely slapstick pedigree. I mean, let's be honest, Warner brothers, we might have a, a fond place in our heart for old Warner Brothers cartoons, but they were not nearly as smart as that second generation that came yes. along. Well, yes. and that, well, all that William Street tradition of, of uh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Adult Swim is born out of those like old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, mm -hmm. literally in some cases, but mm -hmm. yeah. uh, even just like the, a love of those and a passion of those that yeah. led to these creators doing what they do. You know, yeah, that's yeah. something I wanted to call out was the William Street stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, peak Adult Swim when they just kind of let them do their thing you know like they let th this a, a handful of creators just create all of this stuff out of and using archival footage mm -hmm. of hanna-barbera stuff and just going nuts with it harvey birdman uh some kid in chat c-lab 2020 c-lab is ridiculous i, I still have the poster that a couple months ago yeah yeah and those were those those shows were great and and then you had stuff like home movies which didn't resonate oh. with everybody but that led into yes. metalocalypse yep. <laughs> and as a metal fan uh seeing a show that like aped on the whole metal scene and brutal and all of that it was <laughs> yeah. and not to mention that it had the best fake music ever yeah. uh you know the, the 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 fakest band that was the best metal band at the time <laughs> hands down yeah. Uh, yeah no it's like it, I, enough cannot be said for what Cartoon Network did with Adult Swim when they dove into those uncharted waters and were like, we're going to open this up. We're going to let these really avant-garde creators go nuts and just do something weird and wacky. I mean, some of those shows are 15-minute shows. Yep. Mm -hmm. like, you know, you had an entire hour that was quartered into... 15 minute segments where four different shows went on in that hour. Like that, that's insane. Nobody and those does episodes that. are so tightly condensed yeah. with like like content and jokes mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah it's just left at, left right left right and, for uh, and here's, minutes, a, yeah. here's the cool thing that if you just get the adult swim app on on your roku or or your fire stick all these all these shows these mm -hmm. these homegrown adult swim shows you can watch you can watch space ghost coast to coast mm -hmm. season one mm -hmm. episode one right yeah. they're all there for your consumption i, I tried oh. to binge watch some harvey birdman and it's just so dense that it's very <laughs> difficult to watch you're like watch three you're like cool i'm full uh <laughs> man i i ran into a harvey birdman after the blood feud anthony at dragon con and i saw him and i was like oh my god that's harvey birdman i kept walking and i was like i'm never gonna see another harvey birdman i have to get a, a picture <laughs> i'm literally in a suit like this uh, is never going to happen again the, I, I, I can't remember so i can't remember the, the apache chief was the first episode that i saw but i remember making kim watch it and she didn't get it and every time it was like so what's your power 
like I get, I get big. I would lose it every time. And she's like, she's like, what are you laughing at? I don't get the joke. I'm like, it's, that's what he does. He just gets big. It's so, so deadpan. But Let's, you know, I, oh, oh no, no, I'm sorry, Chris. Finish. And then like this, this new breed of shows with 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 streaming. Like I, I feel I would feel irresponsible if we didn't mention Kimmy Schmidt. Like I, like out of out of out of uh, Netflix it's, and and Hulu decent, and yeah. Amazon like I Miss May uh, Miss Maisel as well yeah but really, yes, but I really think Kimmy Schmidt is just it really follows in that 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 line of of uh, Thirty Rock and um, Parks and Rec is so good and I just couldn't get into it so so and wacky. I I gave it I gave it an entire season and I just it yeah. never fell with me so Ooh, my I wife got into it first season yeah. and I didn't go back to it but it, I didn't regret having watched it but. My Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was such a yeah. gem that came out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is just the best thing ever. And it's Amy Sherman Palladino. So of course it's great, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, it just, yeah, that show just amazing. The last bit I want to touch on is everyone good to, for, yeah. for a segue. Yep. Anthony, you look like you have something to say. Well, I was just going to throw so out the there. last bit that I want to talk. <laughs> is... No, go on, Anthony. Uh, I just wanted to loop around back to uh, something Charles said about SNL, um, where every, obviously everybody's favorite uh, cast is the one that they were in high school watching SNL. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> for the most part, I'm sure, because there's been some some abysmal casts cast from time to time that no one can love. Uh, but I just wanted to like, is that a, a touchstone for everyone that like that uh, they have like an era of SNL that is uh, comfort food? I would feel like if somebody says no, they'd be lying. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm just going to do my segue now, right? So <laughs> SCTV and SNL are so important. <laughs> yes. So, so oh, it's all the better. I love yeah, it so much more so. now. <laughs> but but no, you're right, Anthony. We everybody does kind of have their cast, but I I really don't because you know I I've watched the original season one and I love it. It's weird. It's not what it is today, right? <laughs> um, but the the cast of the '80s with Phil Hartman and and Carvey and Lovitz, I, yep. I I adore, right? And then your '90s with Chris Rock. And, yeah. and 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 all of them, Sandler you know, the Sandler and all them. I love all of them, even up to Will Ferrell and uh, yep. Tina Fey and Sherry O'Terry. Like Sherry O'Terry and Molly <laughs> Shannon <laughs> are my favorite. I love them so much. So like, I do have a cutoff, but I also push all the way back, you know, from 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 the original times. So I don't. I guess my problem always when they when they talk. I, when the premise is, is it's a cast that you connect with, like the, the, the cast goes in and the cast does what the cast does. But if you don't have strong writers and that's, you know, part of the problem with that, that Piscopo, Crystal, Eddie Murphy, that cast that always gets yeah. billed as the, as the shittiest cast is like the talent that you had on that stage. Is it because they didn't deliver or is it because writers didn't know how to write to the, the personality? You know what I mean? That's I yeah. I don't know because because well, uh, when there was strong writing, I mean you've got Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, you've got Piscopo doing Sinatra, yep. you've got uh Billy Crystal doing um uh Yvondeville, uh the, the the lounge hall guy. Mm -hmm. Um Fernando, thank you. Good Lord. Um so there were there were definitely high points to that, but when the writing, when the writer's room isn't there and can't stand up to the cast, the, you run into problems too. I don't always, I love, like, there's not, I definitely have 
cast that I like more than others, but there's to me there's not necessarily a bad season. So the I could do a whole half hour segment on SNL because I've been a huge fan since I was a kid. Uh, like junior high is when I first got so into SNL. So you've only seen the last two seasons, is what you're saying? The critic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and I still watch SNL even though it's not as good as it once was. And everybody says that. I mean, that's the classic thing. It's oh, SNL's not as good as it once right. was. Right. Everybody always says that. But the, and they've said it every season since season two you know, like ev every single year there's been a crowd of people shouting snl's not as good as it once was but it is this breeding ground that creates these teams and you see it uh one of the a relatively recent example of this is uh uh andy sandberg and his writing partners that where they did lonely island you know uh I can't remember all their names, but they were writers for the show. He was a, a star on the show. And when they did all the Lonely Island stuff, I mean, where they got their guests to collab and be in all those music videos, and they just pumped out insane comedy jam after comedy jam that were just I'm on incredible. Yeah, so, Santana Champ, DVX, makes you want to have the sex. Trilogy, the trilogy, the, the, the slow jam trilogy, you know, with Dick in a Box yeah. and Mother Lover huh? and... Three-way. Yeah, Three-way. Three-way, yeah. I mean, and to, to think of the collaboration that you got there, I mean, they had Lady Gaga on Three-way and when she was awesome. Like, that, when they you also, saw... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, just Natalie Portman rapping yep. about rapping, doing yeah. coke and fucking uh -huh. dudes. Like, and, 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 <laughs> Natalie Portman. And the, the piece de la resistance is the Michael Bolton... Yes. Captain yep. Jack Sparrow yes. jam, which was just like <laughs> in, absolute insanity. And I've seen interviews with him where he's like... Yeah, they sent me versions of that script before, and I was like, I can't do this, guys. Like, do you know who my audience is? <laughs> and what he agreed to do anyways was just so great. But it's, yeah, you see those writing teams. Uh, you saw it with Tina and Amy Poehler. You know, they're good friends, and they collaborated a lot, and they were fantastic when they were on the Weekend Update desk together. And it's those little teams. And to Chris, what you were saying, if those teams don't form in that weird Ex, you know experimental lab that snl is you just have an hour and a half of dead air yeah. like yeah. week after week and that is what's been going on for the last couple of years with snl where there's a, like you have beck and uh uh the the really skinny nerdy kid i can't remember kyle kyle mooney, kyle mooney. yeah beck yeah. and kyle they're they're a writing pair they do stuff together all the time and sometimes their stuff is a little too beck and kyle for some people but it <laughs> <laughs> they know each other and they can pump something out that plays to like Beck's strengths or Kyle's strengths and they do it all the time. And it's stuff like that. Like you really need those those groups or those duos that just get each other. They write the right stuff for each other and it just completely blows the lid off. You but know, yeah, it, it doesn't happen every every season. That that takes me back to in living color. Right. Uh, you know. And and real quick, Charles, yeah. before before you go in, because this is really what I wanted to talk about. Well, we're running right? around time, but go ahead. I know, I know, yeah, but right. we we have these big juggernauts of SNL and SCTV, right? Mm -hmm. But there are hundreds of sketch comedy shows that have been, you know, off the 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 tree of life, the the family tree of those two shows. Which shows really stuck out to you to have, you know, good sketch comedy that you just fell in love with? And, and, do, and just Charles. do the one-shot answers because we're hitting the time. Oh, mine would be in living color. Paul, uh, pass. All right. <laughs> well, sorry. What was the question? I missed it. I was sketch shows that really stuck with you, other than SCTV and SNL. Ooh. Okay. Right, I'll I'll I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, sorry. I, I was. No, I was. Um, Joe Biden's back, campaign. 
No. Uh, oh, <laughs> shots. It's either, for me. It's either the state or uh, kids in the hall. Oh yes, kids in the hall. Oh, for me. Good. Good, 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 good. It almost yeah. feels wrong to bring up SNL and SCTV and not mention Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to go with Chris there. Uh, also, Mad TV. Mad TV was yes. Mad TV was the low-rent SNL for a long time, but it could just hit sometimes. Yeah. Alex Bornstein and fucking yeah. Will Sasso, man. Right, yeah. Mo no, Collins. It, and that, that is a show that had a golden era with a great cast. Keen Peel don't happen without Mad TV, and Keen Peel is a wonderful sketch yeah. comedy show. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade is another oh, one. Oh, yeah, you see me. So goddamn much. Upright's yeah. early uh, Amy, too. Amy yep. mm-hmm. And yep. Anthony, what was yours? Um, I mean, uh, it was definitely Kids in the Hall for me, but I also think it's important to uh, the one that was on Nickelodeon when I was a child. That Can't was like, say that on television? No, uh, I had it in my head and then it left. Uh, but uh, all that. Oh, Good Burger. All that. Yeah. All that. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right, yeah. What? Strangers so. with candy doesn't get the respect it deserves. All right, all we right. can end this episode. <laughs> Paul, yep. and now everybody, we're gonna, you can check our show notes out for all where you can find us, uh, you know, all our ads, and, and it's on Twitch, on YouTube. But, Paul, what's our humble hit tonight? All right, so we're going to bring it up this time. So listen to all the segments this week that come out because there's going to be a different humble plug at the end of the show. Uh, this one is we have less than a week left on the Jonathan Hickman uh, image comic bundle. If you want to support digital comics, you want to get a whole bunch of Jonathan Hickman image comics for next to nothing. Uh, you can throw a dollar at it and get like 12 books. You can throw $8 at it and get a whole bunch more and you can throw $15 or more and get the whole kit and caboodle. It's a great deal. Uh, if you want to support digital comics being sold at great prices, there's a whole bunch of issues in there. Uh, you got East of West, you've got the dying and the dead. Uh, and yeah, there's a couple other books in here too. So check that out. The Manhattan project, check all of that out. Uh, I always want to pimp when they do a comic bundle because they don't get to do them all the time. And it's, if it's a good book and it's a good creator, it's an awesome opportunity to like wet your whistle on what somebody has been doing that you may not have caught at your local comic shop or may not have heard of. So go check that out. There's like six days and some hours left on that. And we'll have more to plug in the other segments of the show. There you go. Uh, like I said, four volumes each week. They come out once a day, except for the weekends. So in between recordings, you're going to get four volumes. And the next one up is going to be Chris Wisdom. So make sure you tune in and check out what he has to say. Uh, For us, live, we'll be back in just a minute on the podcast. Check it out tomorrow or whenever you download the podcast. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. And you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at Giant Size Team Up dot com.